All right. So that is my non-science science of COVID. And science. Trying to apply science to the non-science science of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> we actually used real data and statistics. How about that? From other countries because we couldn't get them from our own. Exactly. <laughs> exactly the problem. Welcome to Nerdburger, episode 467. It's a podcast. I'm Mike, and I'm Dr. Laurie. Neocortex frontal lobe. Welcome back, Dr. Lori. Right You're back again a week later. And, and we're actually recording again a week later. This never happens. I know. It's always because uh, somebody decides they want to record two on the same day. And we have to pretend it's the next week. No, it actually is the next week. Because you had to go... You had to go do something. You had to pick up a kid from a sporting event or drop off some baked think, goods with do something. I don't know. Whatever you do with it's your basketball life. tournament season. Basketball tournament season. Yes. So we were doing basketball tournament stuff, which I have to go again later today to as well. Now, this is the end of your basketball season, correct? It is. It ends today. Well, not my basketball season, my children's basketball Right, season. right. Well, you knew, you knew that's what I meant. Yes, I Really? I'm not playing. You've been playing basketball, huh? I have. <laughs> How tall are you? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I hit the five feet mark. <laughs> you actually did used to play basketball. I remember going to your games and watching them with mom and dad. Yeah, so until I was until I stopped growing in eighth grade. Yeah, and then everybody yeah. and, and no one else stopped growing. No one else You're, stopped. Right yeah. when and you were the only one who stopped growing. Effectively en- ending my basketball yeah. career. <laughs> what what position did you play? Was my point guard? I have no idea. I'm asking I you. <laughs> I don't. I don't recall being very good at it. So. <laughs> I was terrible. I was tall, and I was terrible. Yeah. They were yeah. they were very mad at me when I quit because I was the tallest boy. They're like, but you hey. have but you have to keep playing basketball. You're the tallest one. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, because you got all the rebounds. Hmm. Yeah, not all my kids are all that coordinated either. So it runs in the and, family. <laughs> and and we, we actually with the two younger ones, it's often commented as they run up and down the basketball court, you know, they look an awful lot like your brother. <laughs> Wait, who who is saying this that has seen me run up and down a basketball court? <laughs> no one no it's no one that <laughs> actually can make that direct comparison. But it's just funny because when they're running up and down the basketball court, that's when they look the most like you. Do, do they run up and down the basketball court in a manner in which indicates that they don't care that they're doing what they're doing? Correct. Oh, okay. Because yeah. <laughs> that's how I played basketball. Yes, I think that is probably why. Yeah, and people that have it, like Lucas or Katie commented yesterday that Walker looks a lot like you. And yeah. when was the last time Katie saw you? Oh, she 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 saw me at your party. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Live That's in right. person, and That's and right. she, and she told me that I that she thought I I looked like Walker. Or Walker looked like me. Okay, and, yeah. She commented on that again yesterday. Well, all that really is is he he looks more like you than Lou. The other three look yeah. more like Lou than you. So, and because you and I are brother and sister. Right. Um. 
But Quinn has your mannerisms. It's the my sloth like mannerisms. <laughs> Nerd like mannerisms. Nerdy sloth like mannerisms. Okay. Yeah. So Quinn doesn't necessarily look like you, although he kind of because he has similar glasses. Yeah. And crazy hair. <laughs> and um in and your mannerisms. So I, I see you a lot in him. Yeah. Which I think also Allison does. She sees that. She's in Quinn. A, well, she's commented yeah, she, that she she likes Quinn. Yeah, and then and I, I think I pointed out to her. Well, you know why? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's the fungus like one. Yep. <laughs> Not that she doesn't like the others. But... No, I know, but she particularly, which is fine. Everybody can have favorites. <laughs> Quinn is particularly fun to have a conversation with when he's cause... speaking directly into the microphone. Anyway. Oh yeah, but he um he knows lots of things about very weird topics. Yeah. So, well, you know, one day maybe he too can start his own podcast. Yeah, and he has a very nerdy <laughs> sense of humor, which is good. But yeah, Quinn and Walker, maybe they they're the ones that everybody compares to you because they're the most nerdiest of the children. They're the goofiest. Yeah. Yeah, nerdiest. <laughs> nerdiest. Sure. Nerdiest. Nerdiest. Yeah. yeah. This has been. A discussion. Mike um, and Dr. Laurie's family discussion time. Yes. That we could have had offline before I hit the record button. But we you chose know, to do you, it now. You can just <laughs> delete it. Uh, no. You don't want to edit it out? Uh, if I have to for time later, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone else, but well, those two listeners can say, yeah, I don't know these kids, so I can't make that comparison. <laughs> Although Quinn's been on the podcast. And Walker has helped us out last week with phobias. He did. Mm-hmm. Here, this is this is where I'm going to cut back in after I edit all that out. Okay. And we're back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so speaking of the phobias, I have follow-up uh, Phobia follow up. Phobia follow up. Is there a phobia of phobia follow up? I don't know. You'll have to look that up. Okay. But I found one, a new one that we didn't talk about. Forosophobia. F O R O S O phobia. Forosophobia. This is a fear of the number four? No. F O R. No. It is the fear of taxes and the IRS. (laughs) Here we are at the end of February, beginning of March. All your documents. All, you should have all your all documents now. Yes, everyone yeah. has that. But that's funny, right? That Can that you get exists? exempted? Since like everybody <laughs> gets exempted from everything because they have anxiety about everything, and I have to be nice to students all the time because all oh, the poor students have anxiety. I have a doctor's um, note that says I don't have to file my taxes ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering if we can get exempted from that. That would be nice because it makes us it makes us feel bad. Let's see. A literature review turned up no peer-reviewed studies addressing either tax phobia or anxiety or IRS phobia or anxiety. Numerous websites and mainstream media articles address these issues, of course, but until now there has been no recognized nomenclature in scholarly literature for fear of taxes or the IRS. The most credible published commentary of tax time anxiety comes from law firms and accountants who deal with highly fearful clients and their tax problems. One law firm, 
relates it, its experience with anxious clients as follows. <clears throat> People having IRS phobia tend to find themselves in a situation that they feel is beyond themselves or beyond what they can mentally handle. We have seen people refuse to open letters from the IRS fearing the worst. We have seen people close to panic attacks when discussing their tax issues. We have seen people in tears, feelings of stress, and even thoughts of hurting themselves. All these things we have seen is heartbreaking. Are heartbreaking. All these things we have seen are heartbreaking. Drives me nuts when people write incorrectly. Yeah, it's, it's definitely worse than it is. The American Psychological Association recognizes three general categories of phobias. Agoraphobia, fear of one's safety in open spaces when leaving home, etc. Social phobias and specific phobias, like fear of snakes, heights, flying, etc. Borosophobia would be considered a specific phobia. That last group. Maybe we should do some research and publish a paper and get it recognized and then we can get ourselves exempt. You know, I need a safe space from taxes. You need what? A safe space. Oh, you need a safe space. Yeah. So if we can get it legally recognized, (laughs) then we can create safe spaces and the government can't come near us. We stay in our safe space. (laughs) <laughs> well i think uh i think we need to identify who this john galt guy is and find him and and, and go live where he lives and then we should be okay with that oh okay should All we right. should we talk about news yes news time uh-oh i know this news you do no, no one from the TV show MASH died. Nope. But somebody from the MASH movie died. Sally Kellerman, the original Hot Lips Houlihan, is dead at 84. I did hear that. Let's see. Died Thursday morning, so that's last Thursday, at an assisted care facility in Woodland Hills, assuming that's California, after a battle with dementia, according to her son, Jack. Yeah, I saw that and I was a little confused because I'm like, that's not Hot Lips. And then I missed the part where it said movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to go back and actually read the headline instead of well, over it. Well, Loretta Swit looks a lot different than the last time I saw. Oh, wait, that's not her. <laughs> My first thought was, does she have all that plastic, plastic surgery? Because. <laughs> You can't even, you know, like Courtney Cox from Friends is unrecognizable. Yeah, we saw and, saw her on TV like a yeah. couple of weeks ago. And yeah. So I thought maybe it was, so I, then I you know, squinted closer at the picture and then reread the headline and went, oh. What happened to her face? Plastic surgery. That's what happened. <laughs> but it still wasn't Loretta's way. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't even have a recent photo of Sally Kellerman in this article. They use one from the 70s. Well, she's been having, in, having dementia. Well, yeah. She probably hasn't been in public for a while. So. Yeah. Alright, what other news you got? That's the only interesting thing that happened this week, was that? <laughs> <laughs> I, have, uh, I have some more funny news headlines. Would you like to hear some more funny news headlines? Yeah. Taiwan enjoys free sneak peek at what will happen to them in just a few weeks. <laughs> Yep, and, yep. and a follow-up to that one, um, this just in, Taiwan issues official statement, quote, lol, we are so screwed. 
Lol or LOL? LOL. 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 <laughs> Russians deploy new tank that opens up to reveal consecutively smaller tanks. <laughs> John Kerry orders emergency airdrop of solar panels to Ukraine to offset carbon emissions. Because <laughs> that's the most well, important thing going on. Well, sadly, that is not that far from the actual truth that since he was John Kerry was all upset this week. No, no, he did. That, that's that's why the headline. Yeah, because he, ah, he did because, actually say that. Yeah, he's all upset because this war is distracting from <laughs> the real real issues of climate change. <laughs> quote, quote, unquote, real. <laughs> and um, that's what he's he's more oh, concerned yeah. about. All these all those all those tanks and and uh, and, uh, you know, jet fighters and stuff are going to produce more carbon emissions. Because, because you know, carbon dioxide—that's evil plant food. It is, and um, <laughs> the the Earth well, doesn't doesn't totally thrive with more carbon dioxide. No, not at all. That never happens. No. Don't look and, at the fossil. Um, don't look at the fossil record. Just don't look at it. Yeah, don't look at it. And and I think John Kerry feels he gets to personally create that CO two because he flies around on his private jet. Yep. Him but we and, don't want any extra private jets flying into Ukraine. No, no, no. Or mili- especially not military jets. Correct. No, only John Kerry's private jet and Al Gore's private jet and Barack Obama's two, count them now, two beachfront mansions. He's got one on each coast now. Just added one on the West Coast to go with his Martha's Vineyard one that's right there at sea level. You think he's really concerned about rising, quote unquote, rising sea levels? I, I don't yeah. think so. Or Leonardo DiCaprio with his mega yacht that he sails around from climate yeah. change event to climate change event. Yeah, yeah. I don't just again. Don't don't look over here. No, <laughs> don't look at us. Listen to what <laughs> we say. Look what we're doing. Don't don't just look, look at, at what we're telling. Don't you. pay attention to what we do. Yeah. Let's see. Hey, speaking of idiot celebrities, because all those politicians <laughs> are really just idiot celebrities. Neil Young threatens to leave Spotify again unless Putin backs down from Ukraine. <laughs> And Justin Blackface Trudeau is jealous that another dictator is again taking all of his press coverage. He, guy just cannot catch a break. First, it was Winnie uh, Ginny the Pooh <laughs> there in China with the Olympics, and now and now the real Vladimir Putin is uh in the headlines this week. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe Justin Trudeau needs to get a better name. <laughs> I think he's not Vlad. I think and he's not Ginny. Suggestion to uh, people in Canada: I have no idea how your government works or what how how much your votes matter if, if you even have them. But if you do, when you vote, <laughs> just in true don't. I like that. That was tortured. <laughs> that was good, Justin Trudeau. True don't. Oh Please boy. Don't. Yeah, that is all the new, the news news I have. Do you have any news news? I don't have any news news. Shall we move on to the main topic? We could, yes. Which we teased last week. We did. The, the COVID non-science science. And the science science. And the real science. The real science at least, and at the least fake what science. what we have of it. Of COVID. Yeah. This should have um, theme music. Ooh. Do we have theme music? I don't know. Let's let's. <laughs> oh, I thought you said that because you already had something. <laughs> um. Ooh. 
It's the COVID show. Welcome to the COVID show, everybody. All kinds of silly craziness happening in the COVID show. That was my stand-in for the the game show theme because I couldn't find the original Nurburger game show theme. I like that one, though. But then I found it. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad I found a use for this. Oh, I should have made it into it. Can you tell me if this is true? (laughs) Well, you can do that. I could try off the top of my head. Well, what do you have for us first? The first thing I have is I think we should discuss our lack of discussion on natural immunity. Natural immunity. What is it? Natural immunity (laughs) is your body's ability to be exposed to a certain bacteria or virus and then respond faster the second time you're exposed. And we can get natural immunity from getting sick from something or you can get... But not COVID. Apparently. From anything else, we've always had natural immunity. But but not COVID. And apparently. I but still don't understand what this natural immunity thing is because I haven't heard anyone talk about it on the news for the last two years. Exactly. I find it quite interesting that, you know, if you look at the, you know, an immunization record, like the ones I have to fill out for my kids when they go to school. For, and it actually, for the, the things uh, that have vaccines that actually work, like yeah. measles and mumps and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the then, vaccines that were tested properly and rolled out yeah. correctly and actually work. And have been around for a really long uh-huh. time. So we have lots so we, of so we, data. So we know that they work. Yeah. And safety data. Um, on the form, it asks, has your child had chickenpox? Yes or no? If no, what date do they have the vaccine? So you could either get vaccinated for chickenpox or yeah. you could have had, had chickenpox. Chicken and they count the same. <gasps> I know. What makes chickenpox so special? I don't know. You <laughs> know, I, I, it must be a special virus. And the other part of the form is there's, there's always been some um, weirdness with the mumps, measles, rubella vaccine, because if you get it too early, you may not actually develop strong enough immunity okay. to last into adulthood. So they will actually take a blood sample and look to see if you have antibodies. What are and those? If you have an- uh, they are the proteins that help to fight off infection. I'm, I'm sorry for, for the listeners out there who are shaking their heads at these questions that I'm asking, but no one is asking these on CBS, ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, whatever. They're just really not discussing it. <laughs> so we, yeah. we have to dumb it down for everybody. Yeah. So, well, we have to dumb it down so, like, you know, Joy Behar and Joy Reid can, you know, understand it. I, I think this may even be too high of a level for them. Um, <laughs> we'll, um, we'll print out a transcript and mail it to Joy Behar for, for when she finds, finds someplace to go on vacation now that yeah. her, her European vacation has been ruined by this pesky war. I know. Feel so sorry you know, for I, the poor millionaire celebrity who can't go on vacation in Europe because you're exactly where they want yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, that was my concern when I first heard that Putin had rolled tanks <laughs> oh, into no. Ukraine. What's Joy Behar gonna do? The ladies on the View can't take their European trip this summer that they've been waiting for. Wait, were they all going together? No, I don't know. No, I, don't I don't know even. Know. I've never seen an episode of The View. Me I've either. actually never seen an episode of Oprah. Me neither. 
in my entire life. I've seen clips and, of when she gives everybody a free thing. Yeah, but it but shows up it. on. Yeah. yeah, I've never watched an episode either. So, and back to the <laughs> back to the form. So, you can either get and put dates in there of when you had the mumps, measles, rubella vaccine, or you can put in that you passed an antibody test that you had antibodies uh-huh. for those things, and that would count towards being vaccinated. Yet, for some completely unknown reason, and maybe it's because it magically came from bats, <laughs> that COVID is completely different. And apparently we cannot get natural immunity to COVID, at least not in the United States. Because <laughs> what's interesting is, even though we're not talking about it here, the rest of the world is. Are they? So the, They are. The rest of the world can get natural immunity with antibodies mm-hmm. from having had Just, COVID? Yep, just not in the United States. But not in the United States. No. Mm-mm. Is that because of the uh, because of the wall on the border? It doesn't it doesn't it prevent be. the natural immunity from coming in from the rest of the world. It might be. And maybe the truckers blocked it from coming in from Canada. Oh, yeah, there you go. Huh? Co- covered yeah. north and south. Yeah. So the CDC has yet to address um anything about natural immunity. Now, who is the CDC again? <laughs> the Centers for Disease Control. And they are the. They're located by you. Yeah, in Atlanta. yeah, I know they're in Atlanta, but they're the they're the number one government health agency that decides these kinds of things here in the Apparently. in the U.S. and and they well, haven't they, decide, they haven't talked about they it. They're not supposed to decide things, right? This is science. <laughs> you don't decide science. You prove or disprove certain things by collecting data. So the CDC and... is are the ones that are supposed to be collecting the data to prove the science. Okay, and and why can't they collect the data to prove the science that every other country around the world is be, being able to do with these antibodies that, and this natural immunity? That's the million-dollar question, and I, I'm assuming they are collecting the data, and now the New York Times this week has informed us that they have been collecting all kinds of data all along and just not telling us about any of it. So I'm sure there is natural immunity in there somewhere. There was a an article written in the British Journal of Medicine about six months ago, and the headline was, why is there no natural immunity in the United States? <laughs> <laughs> because Europe recognizes uh-huh. natural immunity, and they have data. And if you look at the data coming out of the other countries like Israel and Denmark and um, the UK that actually published their data in, in its entirety, whether it, it, it proves they were correct or not, in their um, responses, they actually use the data to shape their response. And they all allow for natural immunity. Yeah, I'm guessing Can- Canada doesn't allow for natural immunity either. That was I don't what, believe that do. was what that whole trucker thing was all about, right. right? Yeah. Right. Well, and and the whole um, why a lot of the healthcare workers were angry as well, and military and first responders because they all had COVID. Mm-hmm. So why would you get vaccinated for something that, that you've already you had? Yeah. And I also find it un- just and and because no, w- whatever the powers that be don't even put this part of it together is that if you remember before we started having the monoclonal antibodies to treat COVID, they were using the blood from people who had recovered from COVID. Now treat- wait a minute, what magical properties does the blood of recovered <laughs> COVID patients have that that could help 
um, present COVID patients. Those, those antibodies. But wait, I thought those didn't exist here. Apparently they don't. So you're not supposed to like make the connection between those two. And if you got the antibodies from someone else by using their blood or after the fact when we got monoclonal antibodies, you were supposed to wait to get your COVID vaccine because you had too many antibodies already. But but natural immunity doesn't exist. <laughs> so as a scientist, my head hurts. Okay, we, we should probably pause and enlighten our listeners who may not know, since you've been on the show for a while. What, what exactly are you a scientist? How, how are you a scientist? And, and what, did you, what P- did you do? I have to- a PhD in biomedical science. Biomedical which, science. Right, which is basically interdisciplinary, which means I know lots of things about different topics. Okay, and, and, and what did you uh, do to get your PhD? What, what kinds of things <laughs> did you work on? I did in both my my PhD work and my postdoctoral work. I worked on viruses. <laughs> For how many Not years? COVID. <laughs> oh gosh, it's been more than twenty now. <laughs> so you have twenty years of experience working with viruses and data and and, da- and data and statistics involving viruses. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and you have a PhD in biomedical science yeah which is broad but includes the viruses yeah okay it does and molecular molecular biology and all of that fun stuff. yeah and uh and you 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 teach anatomy and physiology and um something new neuroscience neuroscience but we won't say where <laughs> at a prestigious university somewhere somewhere yeah. somewhere I may, you know, don't want to lose my job no. for talking about natural immunity. <laughs> Gee, what? How could you possibly lose your job for talking about science facts? I, 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 you know, you would wonder. You would wonder. So, as of this point, we still do not have data in the um, area of natural immunity from our CDC. CDC. Uh, that, I that... have over periodically over the past two years done a deep dive into the cdc's website to see if there indeed was any mention of natural immunity like, and if like you, they they did a study but they just didn't publicize it correct yeah and they do address it you have to scroll for quite a while and click around <laughs> for quite a while to find any mention of it but it's there and basically they've been saying the same thing for two years that they don't have enough data to make a determination <laughs> yet of um how robust natural immunity is or how long it lasts. So all of these other countries around the world who do have enough data to make that determination, we don't talk to them. They don't, we don't share information back and forth. The doctors, you know, in the name of science and everything, uh, cross borders, doctors without borders, science without borders. Like that's not a thing. Uh, uh, apparently there's that wall thing again. Oh, the wall is preventing it. Okay. It's preventing the, the information from coming forward. So it is all Trump's fault. <laughs> It could be because that's really the only thing I have been hearing about it. it well, I I was following and, and and I'll discuss this a little bit later. But um, up until fall of like October ish of 2021, so this past October, I was trying to figure out the science into the things that we were doing with COVID, and nothing ever made any sense. And when I stopped looking at it from a, through a science lens. 
and decided that it either had to do with money or politics, then it all made sense. Or or both. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you apply, you couldn't apply a science filter to it. It had to be. Then you went, oh, yeah, now I see why they're doing that. So rather than following the science, they're the scientists, quote unquote, that work for our government are following the money and the politics. I, that's the way it appears, yes. So the CDC director, Rochelle Rochelle, if she would ever come back from her erotic journey from Milan to Minsk, maybe <laughs> maybe she could come back from vacation and straighten all this out? Maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. I Have they yet, have yet to address why anything out of the New York Times article from last week that... Um, oh, what article is this? Do we have more news? This, Yes, it's actually and it's actually a New York Times article that the CDC was cherry picking basically what data they wanted to put forth and that the questions we've all been asking about why are we not collecting or seeing any of this data on things like natural immunity. I have the quote. Uh, they Yes, from that article. The CDC has been routinely collecting information since the COVID vaccines were first rolled out last year. The agency has been reluctant to make those figures public because they might be misinterpreted as the vaccines being ineffective. <laughs> Which is a very tortured way of saying their data shows the vaccines are not effective <laughs> and they don't exactly. want people to see it, that, that information. And it doesn't, and the natural immunity, I'm guessing, is lumped in there as well. Well, the natural immunity, now this is what I've heard through the grapevine, but you being a scientist and everything can can confirm. Natural immunity, usually better than what you get from a vaccine. Usually. Usually. I mean, typically anything natural is going to be better anyway, Mm -hmm. but... The um, data from other countries does show, at least at, as of this point, if you if you compare, you know, vaxxed versus non-vaxxed but had COVID, that um, the, t- the level, this was during the Omicron spread, that if you were vaccinated and had had COVID, you, they, you were the least likely to get Omicron. Mm-hmm. Then it was had COVID would be right under that then it was vaccinated only mm. so it did appear from the data from other countries because we don't have apparently this data here um that yes it was a better we don't know and again we still don't know how long it lasts right because we've only covid's been around two years now right but according to the data if you've had covid in the very beginning that immunity still exists so so we don't last for two years and it may not be lifelong immunity, not everything is, but. I found an article here. Vaccinated people more likely to contract COVID and go to hospital in recent weeks, according to, care to guess? The CDC. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more more data they've been hiding. Yep. Well, it was interesting because our, in Milwaukee, the, um, the Milwaukee County Coroner's Office actually publishes all of their information on all of the deaths that they process through their office. They're the only, and they make it publicly available on their website. Do they? And they're, I believe, do the they only discriminate coroners, between with COVID and from COVID? Um, they tried to. They, oh, um, yeah, that's something were, new. Yeah, they're actually, and they're the only one in the country. 
that does this. So there were um, uh, journalists, actual journalists in the um, Milwaukee area that were looking at their data during the Omicron surge. And um, initially in the beginning of it, it was about, because they, they, if they had the information available, I think they did say whether they were vaccinated or not and publish that. And it was like 70, 30 roughly. And I'm, I may be slightly off on my um, statistics. 70% of the, the COVID deaths that, that, had, that came through were unvaccinated and about 30% were vaccinated. And then as the Omicron surge went through, that actually equalized. Hmm. Now, I don't know that it ever went upside down. Right. Where you had more vaxxed people dying with or from COVID. But this is this is with and from, not just from. I, I think they were teasing out some of the statistics. I'd have to it was it was a few weeks ago now that I was looking at all of that. Um I'd have to go back and look. I think they tried to as much information as the they would have to make a determination if it was with or from. But I think the Milwaukee coroner's office was trying to be careful with that as they could throughout the pandemic. Did you did you hear about the Italian study that confirmed the Israeli study? No, I didn't. But that doesn't surprise me because I think both Denmark and UK, I think all of that, them and Israel all have similar data. It says uh, Italian data from survey of 85,000 confirms Israeli data from a previous survey of 107,000 that vaxxing those with a prior COVID infection confers no benefit in right. the lowering of COVID hospitalizations or deaths out to 18 yep. months. So if you've yep. already had COVID, getting the vaccine does, drum nothing. roll please, absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. And again, where are you hearing this from? Um, other countries. And only other countries. And only other countries, because, yeah. of course, Rochelle Rochelle is still stuck on that train from Milan to Minsk. Does she have Pete Buttigieg with her? Are they <laughs> well, together? he's the transportation secretary, so <laughs> it would make sense. Because he's, he's never at work either. <laughs> Did he take paternity and maternity leave? I don't know. I don't care that he, you know, whatever. Um, I'm just trying to account for him not being there so so yeah, much. You have, well, yeah, maybe he's gone on. Maybe they I mean, it's been a whole to... year. When when do you think he's going to start actually start his job? I, I don't know. I'm curious. I always thought it was inter. You know, you take a, a cabinet position, you have a crisis in your area, and you're like, yeah, dude, I'm not checking my email. I'm on leave. <laughs> I mean, who does that? <laughs> People in our government. That's who. Well, in this government. <laughs> Um, so that leads me to our, our natural immunity discussion into the, the mandate on the vaccines, which are, are going away. But where was the logic in any of that to begin with? And so, you know, we know natural immunity exists, but we're not going to count that, even though the other countries are, and require people for, for their jobs to have to get vaccinated. Now, I'm not opposed to mandating healthcare workers get vaccinations in general. Like, I've never been anti-vax. I'm very pro-vaccine. And you've, you've for um, things like taken that position on this show in the I past. 
I have. But again, and we're talking I about all four real vaccines that have been around for years and have been properly studied and tested right. and administered. And and I think it's logical to expect a healthcare worker who is going to be treating patients to be vaccinated against diseases that they could catch and give to their patients, right? Yeah. So if you have, you know, you have very sick people in the hospital and, you know, during flu season, I would expect my healthcare workers to not give the patients the influenza, right? Like, right. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with mandating that. And as a healthcare worker, you should ex- expect that. But, but Dr. Lori, aren't there studies that, that show that being vaccinated makes you more likely to spread the, the, the COVID to other people? Well, we, 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 again, I'm not 100% sure that we have enough data on that to say that it's more likely, but even just as likely, <laughs> which we know. Ma- then makes the whole if- thing pointless. Makes the whole thing pointless because if you get vaccinated and you can still get and transmit COVID, then to your patients, then what difference does? Then there's no point in if you're vaccinated mandating a vaccine for healthcare workers, right? Because you're not preventing the spread of a disease, which they finally admitted after a very long period of time that when it was obvious to anyone paying attention that they were still spreading it. So why would you mandate this? And then to turn around and do the complete 180 and allow for COVID positive healthcare workers to come to work and treat <laughs> patients because they had a shortage. Wait. So that COVID positive healthcare workers apparently are less of a threat to their patients than unvaccinated healthcare workers that don't have COVID. <laughs> And where where did this happen? In California, at least. Oh, okay, at least well, what I saw published. I don't know if other logic is um, upside down in California, the state of California. So, yeah, well, yeah, they live in the upside I, down. I, 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 um, <laughs> the 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 other one that just boggles my mind is Q Stranger Things and, theme. Yes, is the <laughs> and this is starting to go away as well. But you have the whole proof of vaccination or a negative test. But the vaccinated people can have COVID. Right. But you only need to show a negative. So if you actually cared about transmission of a virus during a pandemic, you would require everyone to have a negative test and go to a particular place. Right. Yeah. So I found that one. Like the universities in this country are still requiring their unvaccinated students to test weekly to go to class, but not their vaccinated students who are just as likely to have COVID. And spread, and it. spread it around campus. Yeah. Okay. And this is based and the universities are following CDC guidelines. Which is which is why whatever the, the CDC decides is the science right. is important because so so we know, and again, you know, if you, you don't know what you don't know, but we know and have known since last summer with Delta that vaccinated people can still get it and spread it. Yet they still have yet to change those guidelines. We're now from July of 2021 to almost March of 2022. They have not changed the guideline on testing requirements if you are unvaccinated. And we know 100% that vaccinated people are getting and spreading COVID. Yet we still have the same guidelines in place today. But that doesn't make any sense, Dr. Lori. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You can't apply science. (laughs) 
You just can't. Because science isn't what is driving these decisions? That would be a, a guess, yeah. <laughs> so if it was, we have to get as many people vaccinated as possible to make money off the vaccine, that makes sense. That does make sense. And applying science is not. We could shift gears and talk about the, the awesome application of science in um, what we're doing in our schools. <laughs> Which, sure. What's what, <laughs> what, what, what awesome things are they doing in, in I'm assuming we're talking K through 12 here. K through 12, yes. Yeah, yeah. So K through 12 schools. So I know in the fall of 2020, in that whole, the 2020, 2021 school year, they put, uh, there were school districts across the country that stayed closed completely, completely virtual. And then there were areas of the country um, and school districts that opened for that last year's school year, 2020 to 2021, but had all those mitigations in place, right? So kids uh -huh. are in masks, the desks are six feet apart, you know, the teacher standing behind a big gigantic piece of plexiglass hanging <laughs> from the window, from the ceiling. <laughs> um, you know, you if you have, your kid has the sniffles, you have to keep them home until they get tested for a negative test for COVID. I mean, it was all, all of those mitigation steps. And again, it was early on. We didn't know a lot. Better safe than sorry in the beginning. Better safe than sorry, right? Two, so, week, two, weeks, to slow, two weeks to slow the spread. Day um, 700, <laughs> 700 and something. Yeah. Yeah, better safe than sorry. But we now know that the plexiglass actually <laughs> increases the transmission of the virus because the one of the biggest indoor mitigations you can have is a good airflow um, airflow uh-huh and that <laughs> i didn't even know that i just guessed but i i, no, I knew enough the, i knew enough about basic physics and it you know yeah. the way air moves around inside of buildings because you know that's yep. what i do for a living that i knew yeah. that that was where that was going yep yeah so if you have really good airflow that is the number one mitigation is is having a good HVAC system that changes the air, you know, however, or moves large amounts of air so you change up the airflow. So having those plexiglass things pools the air uh -huh. and make higher viral content. So, uh huh. But you put everybody into a plexiglass where... box. Yeah. So wherever you are, <laughs> I don't know, but those stupid plexiglass shields are still up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the grocery they're in a, stores. In a lot and, of places. Yeah. In a lot of places. I know my kids' school, they're gone, but I don't think that, that I think it's school district by school district. But we have data that shows those are not only ineffective, but make it they, worse. They, yeah, yeah, they have the opposite effect. Yeah. But I don't think the CDC guidelines have changed. No, because again, Rochelle Rochelle still stuck on a train yeah. on, on her erotic journey with Pete yeah. Booty Judge. So now we fast forward to the 2021-2022 school year. So now we're, you know, a year and a half into this pandemic. We've got lots of data. And most of the schools were able to, you know, at least the schools that, that opened in 2020 and 2021 should continue to be open this school year. And I was sort of paying attention around the state of Wisconsin, at least in the southeastern part of Wisconsin where I am, as to what different school districts were doing. And the school district, not our my school district, but a school district nearby had a, they decided to open up their school with students in sixth grade and younger had to wear masks, but students seventh grade and above did not. 
they went back to school. They didn't have any social distancing requirements. They were back fully face to face, but they had this two tiered masking system. Now in the middle school, middle school is fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. So there's a mix of masked and unmasked. Correct. So when you're in the cafeteria, for example, Uh the fifth and sixth graders are wearing masks and the seventh and eighth graders are. How do the fifth and sixth graders eat while wearing their masks, Dr. Laurie? I, I have yet to figure that one So out. really, they're not wearing masks in the cafeteria either. But they're wearing them in their classrooms. And there are some classes in the school well, district. Well, they're all, they're all like, mixing together in the hallways. They're mixing their together lockers as well. And, yeah. So this this made my head hurt. Because mm-hmm. I could, for the life of me, figure co- out. Why couldn't they just say K through 8 still wear masks and everybody in high school doesn't? Yeah. Because well, that would have solved that problem. Do, do you think science applied here? I'm guessing not, Dr. Laurie. No. You know what it, it it was it was legal risk because students in seventh grade and above were cleared to get the because this was at the time where you could get the vaccine if you were twelve or older. I don't even know what it is now. I think it's five and up now. I don't know. I don't have kids, so I never paid attention to that one. I think yeah, I think I think now it's five and older, but at that at the time school opened last fall, it was twelve and older. Okay. Which means kids seventh grade and above could get vaccinated. And kids sixth grade and below could not. Okay. But we've already, we've already talked about how the science has shown that having the vaccine doesn't make you any more or less likely to spread the disease. This had nothing to do with spread. (laughs) It had nothing to do with science. It had nothing to do with safety. The only difference was if for the kids who could not get vaccinated, if they were 11 years old or younger and weren't able to get a vaccine, the school district has some li- legal liability if they provide no mitigation stuff. Uh huh. Why can't they so just? They why can't have, they just put that sign on the front door like all the businesses do? I don't know that that would work. So until <laughs> until the um, vaccine was approved for five and older, the kids that couldn't get vaccinated had to wear a mask because the once you're once everybody was able to get the vaccine. They, they got rid of the mask because then it became the parents' liability because you could choose to vaccinate or not vaccinate your kid. So you couldn't sue, sue the school district. But they had to put something in place. But it was, so again, money was what was uh-huh. driving yeah. it, not science. Now, and that, my that, kid's school. That glosses over, though, the, the whole parallel story that goes along with that, where, with, with the teachers' unions not wanting... Yeah. Yeah, that I that one I can't figure out. That that's not following any science. That's either irrational fear. Well, yeah. Or it's just easier to sit home and post assignments I, online. I, I think you might have identified yeah. both both of the because I teach at the <laughs> university level and if I didn't ever have to go in, it it is a lot easier. <laughs> it's, it's a lot less of my day. And that's with um, quote unquote adults as yeah. your students. Yeah. So, yeah. So even it, more, even more easier for, for the uh, grade school and high school teachers. Yeah. Now, I live in a very conservative community. And my kids' school district went back this school year in, in the fall of 2021 with zero mitigation. Now, wait a minute. Shouldn't, shouldn't people who are con- conservative be more willing to have all of those mitigation things in place, you know? To conserve well, health. <laughs> so we, my kids went back fully open, no mask, 
they even stopped any contact tracing about two months into the school year because there was no reason to keep doing it. They've had every school event, full participation in sports, full spectators, school dances, all the events. And you know what happened? Everybody got COVID and died. No, absolutely what? nothing happened. Wait, wait a minute. What? Nothing. Nothing. How could nothing have Nobody happened? Nobody died. No more people got COVID than any other neighboring community. But how is that possible, Dr. Laura? I know. Crazy, isn't it? We must be in an anomaly. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, nothing happened. Absolutely nothing. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't figure out where the science is in any of this. <laughs> You're right. It makes your head hurt. Makes your Try, head hurt. Just trying to follow along with all of the the decisions that 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 are being made yeah. in the order that they're being made with all the evidence that is at hand at the time, it still doesn't make any sense. No. And the one to this day, we still have school districts in Wisconsin requiring masks. I actually went to some being basketball tournament season. My eighth grader had a basketball game in the city of Milwaukee yesterday. City of Milwaukee has a mask mandate still in place. The school we went to also has a mask mandate, dying sign on the door. And not one person from our school wore a mask. <laughs> but every parent sitting in the stands on the from the other school had a mask on. All the eighth grade boys from the other school running up and down the court had masks on. Oh my God. That can't be healthy. No. The referees didn't have masks on. None of our Wait, kids so had the, masks the, on. The kids playing the, the the game on the court. Yeah. Five on each side. Yep. Yeah. Five five, of, had, five masks, had masks five and didn't. five didn't. Okay. Yeah. And the rest didn't have masks who, who won, masked or unmasked? Unmasked by <laughs> a lot. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe because they could breathe during the physical exertion required during a basketball yeah. game. And what's interesting about the school masking is we now have a school year and a half of data. And I don't know that other states have necessarily done this, but I know in Wisconsin that they have um, not not the Department of Health Services or any governmental agency has looked at this data and published it, but private groups have compiled this data. And you can actually look at neighboring school districts right next to each other. One has a mask mandate and one doesn't. Yeah. And you can do this all over the state. So it's not like it's you just have one comparison i believe you, you can, can do, you can do this at the state level just with everybody from state to state right yeah so in wisconsin you can look at you know 10 different examples or even more let's just throw out 10 of you know school district a right next is has masks and school district b right next to it doesn't have masks and there is actually zero difference in spread of covid within schools and the spread of covid within the community yeah that the masks do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You can look Absolutely at, enough. you can look at all, all of the data from the state of California, just in all the, the entire population and the state of Florida and the graphs track each other, yep. except I think yeah. Florida has slightly more deaths with, with it, this Omicron, people. but that, what, you, you jumped the route on me. Yeah. That state is chock full of oldies yep. <laughs> and people <laughs> living yep. out their, their final days. Whereas California is much younger. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can do this, you know, on so many different levels and, all of the data shows that <clears throat> masks do nothing. I have I have an article here. Are face masks effective? The evidence. 
this is recent. This is from February, which is, uh, as we are recording this, we are still in February. As you are listening to this, it is March. Happy COVID March Madness. Woo-hoo. Hopefully less mad than last year. Okay. Uh, studies on the effectiveness of face masks. So far, most studies found little to no evidence for the effectiveness of face masks in the general population, neither as personal protective equipment nor as a source control. That means um, preventing you from preventing community spraying your COVID aerosols out towards other people. Yeah. Um, Here we go. A May 2020 meta study on pandemic influenza published by the CDC, Rochelle Rochelle, found that face masks had no effect. Neither as personal protective equipment nor as a source control. That's from the CDC. A World Health Organization review of 10 randomized controlled trials of face masks against influenza-like illness published in September of 2019, before the pandemic, found no statistically significant benefit. A Danish randomized controlled trial with 6,000 participants published in the Annals of Internal Medicine in November 2020 found no statistically significant effect of high-quality medical face masks against SARS-CoV-2 infection in a community setting. And this goes on and on. Do you want me to read yeah. all 12 of them? <laughs> no. Hey, but do you have in there the um, article that was published out of the CDC either earlier, I think it was earlier, the very beginning of February, end of January, showing that masks do work in the spread of COVID? No. They did. The CDC came out with their big headline that they they did a study and it shows that masks do work. And then if you actually read the study, Uh-oh. what they did was they surveyed. This wasn't a, we're going to put people in a room and have them wear different masks and actually do a science experiment. Uh-huh. Determine whether it works. Uh-huh. They surveyed. Like, like all of these things that I have in this giant, yeah. ginormous list here. Yeah. They surveyed. 650 people. Wow, that's not very many. Them, yeah. And asked them do you, did, what type of mask they wore. Because uh. they did try to, to look at the difference between N95 masks, the surgical masks you get from you know yeah. the local Walgreens versus cloth masks. What kind of mask do you wear? And then they asked them, how often do you wear it? Do you wear it, you know, all of the time, some of the time, occasionally, never. And then they looked to see and whether or not they they got COVID during the time in which they self-described uh-huh. how often they wore their mask. So when they found, a, go ahead, they found that apparently the N95 masks reduced transmission according to the study of COVID by like sixty-three percent or something. And then the surgical mask was in the fifties, and the cloth mask was in the forties percentage-wise. Like you'd be that much less likely to get COVID if you wore these types of masks and that backed up other, according to the CDC, other studies, cause we know N95 masks are better than cloth masks, but according to this study, cloth masks at least offered, you know, close to 50% protection uh-huh. and that you should continue to wear your mask. None of the numbers were statistically significant. No. When you actually read the study, there was no statistical significance to any of the stuff in that study. Well, it, 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 And they it, stated in the study, but they didn't put it in the headline. No, of course and not. what they put out on their website and social media. Uh-huh. They just published this ridiculous study, which you can't survey 600 people and go, how no. often do you wear your mask? And no, that's you like an open? online poll. That's not a study. Yeah. I know. 
and they only asked 650 people. What kind of margin of error does that thing have? Plus or minus well, that's 50%? Why none of it was statistically significant, <laughs> and their, their error bars were huge, and they overlapped. Uh-huh. Which is why there was no statistical significance in there. CDC releases garbage study that shows what they want you to think it shows and nothing right. else. Right. And I think that was <laughs> according to them. Maybe, yeah. A couple <laughs> weeks before the New York Times did this. Why are they not releasing any of this data? Well, they, they monkeyed with that data to make it look like it matched with what their ridiculous recommendations were. I'm just going to read the, the quotes from the rest of these since. Let's say face masks did not seem to be effective against laboratory confirmed viral respiratory infections, nor against clinical respiratory infections. That study of 8,000 participants, uh, the European CDC. Is it called the CDC in Europe? Uh, no high quality evidence in favor of face masks and recommended their use only based on the precautionary principle. That is that what makes you feel good? Is yep. that what that is? <laughs> that, that, I think that's the scientific term for virtue signaling. Ah. A July 2020 review by the Oxford Center for Evidence-Based Medicine. Evidence-based. Sounds opposite of the we, CDC. Yeah. <laughs> Found that there is no evidence for the effectiveness of face masks against virus infection or transmission. Uh, 2020 Cochrane Review. Uh, face masks did not reduce influenza-like illness, neither in the general population nor in healthcare workers. August 2021 study, Journal of Research Journal of Public Health, no association between mask mandates or use of reduced COVID-19 spread in U.S. states. July 2021, experimental study. That's the good kind that we want, right? American yep. Institute of Physics found that face masks reduced air, indoor aerosols by at most 12% and even increased them locally with the help of plexiglass, maybe. <laughs> May 2020 article by researchers from Harvard Medical School, Harvard, published in the New England Journal of Medicine. Well, these people are the kind of people you would expect to goose the numbers in the you opposite would. direction, right? Concluded that face masks offer, quote, little, if any, protection. <laughs> 2015 study in the British medical journal BMJ Open found that cloth masks were penetrated by 97% of particles and may increase infection risk by retaining moisture or repeated use. And uh, German study found that there is no evidence for the effectiveness of face masks and the improper daily use of masks by the public may in fact lead to an increase in infections. Let's see. The World Health Organization review of face mask trials from 2019, September 2019, again, right before the pandemic, they published a comprehensive report on, quote, non-pharmaceutical public health measures for mitigating the risk and impact of epidemic and pandemic influenza. So a similar virus. The report reviewed 10 randomized controlled trials concerning the effectiveness of face masks against influenza-like illness. As the following table shows, none of the trials found a statistically significant benefit of face masks. And you could go on and on. Well, and then we have two years of data. Yeah. Not just experimental data, but looking at the data between school districts or between or states. Between or states between states or countries. And that's the next. Whatever. That's my Which next. Which is uh, why we are only one of five countries left in the world still masking school children. Who are the other four? I can't remember. Canada, but it was it, two weeks ago. It was seven <laughs> countries. Yeah, they're this week, they're, they're ending the them end everywhere. Of, yeah, by the end of this week, there's less than five. It may even be less than that. Yet we still in this country have. And that because it's the guidelines from the CDC that drive this still stuff. that are driving this, yeah. right? Because that's the fallback, right? If you're, I mean, if you're an institution and you want to find a place to go and 
you know, how, what mitigation steps are we going to use? If you follow the CDC guidelines, yeah. anyone that complains, you just say, I'm following right. the CDC. Well, the CDC right. guidelines ha- have been the fallback up until right. now, but what's going to happen in the future? Is anybody going to trust anything they say? Are they going to go by CDC it, guidelines it depends for, on whether or not for the next thing? This or not, right? Because I don't know how many people are paying attention to, I think more and more people are paying attention, but to how ridiculous the CDC really has been. And and again, for what purposes are we continuing these guidelines? Yeah, the ne- the next section I have is a a, a bunch of charts from different countries. If Austria, Belgium, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Spain, the UK, uh, state of California, state of Hawaii, North Dakota versus South Dakota, and uh, all their all their graphs show it's you know COVID cases along a period of time, and they 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 point to where the the masks were mandated, and then immediately <laughs> it shoots up. Yeah. Which is not necessarily causal, but it shows you they had no effect. Right. Right. The virus was going to peak whether you wore them or not. Yeah. And then here we have effectiveness of N95 mask mandates, specifically N95. This is mandating N95 masks be worn in public and, in, in you know, indoors. This is the countries in Europe. The German state of Bavaria. So this is a state in Germany. So very, very small area. This is like a, a large county in the United States. one of the first places in the world to mandate n95 masks in most public settings a comparison with all other german states which required cloth or medical masks instead of n95 indicates that even n95 masks made no difference and they show you the chart and it's like they they follow right along with each other no difference at all same thing in austria the first country to introduce an n95 mask mandate for the their entire country uh, well, they instituted it in January 2021, expanded it in September. Nevertheless, by November of 2021, they reported the highest infection rate in the world. Yeah. Made no made no effect. No difference. No difference whatsoever. So why are people so up their own ass about these mask mandates? Because they don't, again, I don't, you have to go looking for this data from other countries. Or again, looking for the data where you're comparing you know, school district next to school district type of thing, which is similar to what they did in in the different states within Germany or Austria, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the different counties or whatever within a state and showing and, you know, superimposing those graphs and showing, look, it made no difference. Where are you seeing that disseminated to the public as a whole? From anyone. Or do you see this on the news? Do you see the Swiss policy research website? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Where I had to go to find is, this. Yeah. Is this on your local news? Is CNN talking about this? No. Is this being, you know, is this what the CDC puts out on their social media stuff that pops up in my Facebook feed when I don't ask it to? <laughs> um, no, they're not. So you have to act, actively go look for it. And if you're somebody who likes wearing a mask, which apparently there are people that do, because it may, for whatever reason, makes them feel like their life has purpose. Um, they're not going to go looking for this. No, of course not. Data. They're going to go to the CDC and right. look at the headline on the on the very first page, and not that bother says, to read the, not bother to read that. the study. Yeah, that. Right. Yeah, that says the opposite of what the headline says. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or you can't. It doesn't really say the opposite, but you can't even draw that conclusion because the study was so bad. 
And when you scroll through the study, there's asterisks all over the place because not statistically significant, not statistically significant, but there's no asterisk in the headline. Where it needs to be. Right. Yeah. Let's see. There is increasing evidence that the novel coronavirus is transmitted, at least in indoor settings, not primarily by droplets, but by much smaller aerosols. However, due to their large pore size and pore fit, most face masks cannot filter out aerosols. Over 90% of aerosols penetrate or bypass the mask and fill a medium-sized room within minutes. The WHO, World Health Organization, not the band, admitted to the BBC that its June 2020 mask policy update was due not to new evidence, but, quote, political lobbying. Quote, we had been told by various sources who committee reviewing the evidence had not backed masks, but they recommended them due to political lobbying. This point was put to who, who did not deny. (laughs) This point was put to the World Health Organization, comma, who did not deny. There, I fixed it for you. To date, the only randomized controlled trial on face masks against SARS-CoV-2 infection in a community setting found no statistically significant benefit see above however three major journals refused to publish this study delaying its publication by several months i'm clicking on that link i want to know who refused on the suppressed danish mask study this is back from back in 2020 yep the lancet the new england journal of medicine which we've already quoted as saying that there's no statistically significant benefit um, i guess they changed their tune and the american medical association's journal um, all refused to publish the Danish mask study, which has now been published. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they can't hide this anymore. Yes, Danish mask Again, study, no benefit. Now, now, I know that there are people out there that, you know, enjoy wearing face masks for whatever warped reason, but on a, a big level, what's the driver for this one? You know? Because like, vaccines, I get somebody's making money off the vaccine. Following so this, the money, you know, yeah. Are we following the money with the face masks? I mean, they all come from China. <laughs> so, I mean, are we trying to make China money here? I, I, does someone have stock in the Chinese company that makes all the face masks? The tests come from China too, don't they? I know. Yeah, they do. Our government issued tests. Yeah. The ones that you could go on the website and, and request and get, you know, 12 weeks later. Because they're, they're going to be very relevant 12 weeks after you had COVID. We, we still haven't gotten ours. Oh, really? No. <laughs> I didn't ask for one. Um, yeah, those are made in China as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all like some ridiculous parody. An analysis by the U.S. CDC, again, Rochelle, Rochelle, found that 85% of people infected with the new coronavirus reported wearing a mask always or often compared to the control group of uninfected people. Always wearing a mask did not reduce the risk of infection. Researchers from but the- that was the big study. They asked them. How often you wore a mask? Uh huh. Yeah. Again, it's an online poll. That's yeah. that's what the CDC considers a, a scientific study. When it when it's the only one that shows the data to match what they want it to match, mm-hmm. then yeah. Then they yeah. University of Minnesota found that the infectious dose of SARS-CoV-2 is just 300 virions, which they virus particle, which they say means virus. virus particle. Very good. See, you do know what you're talking about. You doubted. <laughs> I, I didn't doubt. There there might be some you know, low IQ listeners who, who do, but doubting. Uh, whereas a single minute of normal speaking may generate more than 750,000 virions, making face masks unlikely to prevent infection. 
Contrary to common belief, studies in hospitals found that the wearing of a medical mask by surgeons during operations did not reduce post-operative bacterial wound infections in patients. Studies, multiple studies in hospitals found that it had made no difference. So we know... Just to make you, the patient, feel better in case you accidentally wake up. Yes. So we know from all of this that masks really aren't effective. and, And there's overwhelming data that shows that. We know for fact that vaccinated people can get, catch and get, catch and spread COVID just as easily as the unvaccinated. Yet we still have vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. and mass mandates in place to this day. We don't know why. <laughs> because many health authorities argue that face masks suppressed influenza. In reality, influenza was temporarily displaced by the more infectious coronavirus. If you looked at any of those charts as that was happening over the last couple of years, gee, where did the flu go? <laughs> it yep. just completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. Not because of face masks. Nope. The initially low coronavirus infection rate in some Asian countries was not due to masks, but due to very rapid border controls. For instance, Japan, despite its widespread use of face masks, I assume they mean prior to the pandemic, had experienced its most recent influenza epidemic just one year prior to the COVID pandemic. Yeah, they all, everybody wears masks in Japan, or a lot of people do. That's just part of their culture. If you, Mm -hmm. if, If you get sick, they wear a mask. Of course, they have right. smog, too, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But, Ro- but the point being is that they're sick, right? Right. And then they put a mask on to try not to spread it. I think so. Whether it works or not, right? We're wearing them 100% of the time. Which makes Whether sense. we're sick or not. Which doesn't make any sense. No. Early in the pandemic, the adv- advocacy group Mask for All, never heard of them, argued that... Chechi... <laughs> Chechia? I didn't know there was a country called Chechia. C Z E C H I A. Hmm. Zechia? I don't know. And even with all of the um I I don't recognize maps of Europe anymore. (laughs) No, but they've been all over the news the past week. (laughs) Not Chechnya. (laughs) No, I know. But uh, you would think if there was one over there, that's kind of where I would expect that country to be. Yeah. I didn't uh, see anything with that name. Hang on, I have to look this country up now. Oh, it's another name for the Czech Republic. Okay. The Czech oh, Republic man. had few infections thanks to the early use of masks. In reality, that was according to Mask for All. Uh, in reality, the pandemic simply hadn't reached Eastern Europe yet. <laughs> A few months later, the Czech Republic had one of the highest infection rates in the world. And... During the notorious 1918 influenza pandemic, the use of face masks among the general population was widespread and in some places mandatory, but they made no difference. And again, it's one thing. You don't know what you don't know, right? Right. And we may have overreacted at certain points and looking back on it, you know, we know, was that lockdown for the 60 days, roughly 60 days in the early part of 2020 necessary? Probably not. Did it do anything? Probably not. But you can understand it, right? We didn't know what was coming. We didn't know what we were dealing with. It looked like it was just going to march in some big wave across the country and overwhelm the hospitals. Kill half the people, yeah. <laughs> and because that's what was happening in Italy. We were watching it sort of, you know, start in New York. But we're now two years into this. We have data 
showing. Yet we're still making the same mistake going forward. Oh, they yep. can't. I mean, is this truly that they just can't admit they're wrong? They don't want to admit that they're wrong and they don't want to go back to the way things were before. They like having this level of control over people. Just yeah. just look at Justin Trudeau. True. I mean, I just guy, guy went full mind. Hitler on his country. He did. <laughs> over honking. He, he, he did. Well, you know, honk, honk means Kyle Hitler. <laughs> According to low IQ individuals, maybe. Yeah, someone in their parliament actually stated that on yeah, the parliament I know. floor. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's in the same realm as that U.S. congressman that said if you put too many people on the island of Guam, it'll tip over. Flip, it'll flip over. Yeah. Because <laughs> islands float in the, in the ocean, didn't you know? <laughs> and they're just precariously uh-huh, balanced. Yeah. <laughs> You know, everybody everybody has to walk around in very specific ways so it doesn't tip over. Can't put too many people on one no, side of the no, island and the other at any one time. <laughs> United States congressman, huh? Uh huh. From Georgia. I was gonna. I, I was just gonna say, was was he from here? Yeah, he was yeah. from Georgia. I don't think he's there anymore. Oh no, no. I think um, that might have ended his career. God, I hope so. Because if that didn't, it should have the people in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, politicians can, you know, fake a good game, but when they, you know, most of them are pretty stupid. And, but when they make it that glaringly obvious, if you don't vote them out of office, I, I can't help you anymore. No, it's your own fault. <laughs> no one can help you. <laughs> no. If you, if you, no, no one should help you if you won't help yourself. <laughs> All right. So that is my non-science science of COVID. And science. Trying to apply science to the non-science science of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> we actually used real data and statistics how about that from other countries because we couldn't get them from our own exactly <laughs> exactly the problem thank the you he has it the rest of the world yes well maybe maybe when rochelle rochelle returns from her erotic journey from milan to minsk with pete Buttigieg. maybe she'll uh She'll look at some of this data from other countries <laughs> and change her mind. <laughs> and maybe change a few of those recommendations so that we can move on. Wait, do you have to go through Ukraine to get from Milan to Minsk? Maybe that's what, what happened to her. Maybe she's stuck in a war zone. That could be. Consulting a map. You know what I'm talking about, right? From Seinfeld? Rochelle no. Rochelle? No. The story of one girl's erotic journey from Milan to Minsk. It was one of the movies they were supposed to go see a, oh, see yeah. one movie and they I, went to another movie and it was Rochelle Rochelle and then that was the one that because they didn't get to see it George went and rented it. Oh. And he bumps into Susan his his uh his ex at that point and her new girlfriend because <laughs> Susan had switched teams. Gotcha. <laughs> and did then, they get back together again after that? Yeah, they did. And then okay, and then she died licking the envelope. <laughs> Yeah, George killed her with the cheap envelopes for their invitations for their wedding. That was, I think, one of my favorite storylines of Seinfeld was the fact that they killed her off, and he was happy. Yeah, he was he like, it out anyway. Yeah, they all they all were like, yeah, oh well, let's go to the diner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was he was trying to figure out how to get out of that marriage, right? Because it was and supposed to be the summer of George. Yes. <laughs> That was, I think, my favorite. Yeah, I don't remember the Rochelle Rochelle movie. I know yeah. it's on. I think it's on. Seinfeld's on Netflix. I think yeah. I started watching the first season of it and haven't gotten much further. You didn't watch it when it was on. I did, but oh, so yeah. long. Yeah, yeah, you know. 
That was the one where he uh, he lost. He loses the tape somehow, and they charge him ninety eight dollars for it. Because remember that back in the day when the yep. the video rental places, it's insisted that they paid a hundred dollars for each of those tapes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Does, does that about do it for today? I think so. I think we'll just deteriorate from here. Okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, Nurburger listening audience. Uh, Where can they find us, Mike? Hey, thanks for asking, Dr. Lori. this time. They can find us at NurburgerShow.com. Email us, NurburgerShow at ProtonMail.com. And uh, if you uh, don't like us encouraging you to take off your masks and go back to living your normal life, you can hashtag cancel Nurburger. Join us next time on Nurburger when somebody comes here to talk about something. I forgot to look. <laughs>